Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Before we do get started, I want to encourage you to cast your vote for the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio every day in the Podcast Awards at podcastawards.com. We're in the entertainment category, and I do encourage you to vote for us every day. Thank you so much for your support. Well, uh, we're going to present our 1900th episode special. And when you think of Red Skelton, you think of many things. Perhaps it's his Pledge of Allegiance sketch, or maybe one of his great characters like Clem Cadillhofer, or his uh, specials that were aired on PBS, or the Fuller Brush Man. But one thing you may not think of him as, a big screen detective. Uh, But that was what he was. He actually starred in a series of detective uh, films. Every year from 1941 to 1943, there was a new film in the Whistling series each year. The series kicked off in 1941 with uh, Whistling in the Dark, which was actually of a 1933 that had been based on a Broadway play of the same uh, name. The plot was updated, characters renamed. The biggest thing was uh, Red Skelton's remake had his uh, character actually be the star of a radio detective uh, program, whereas the 1933 film just dealt with a mystery writer. And this was that time when remakes actually could be serious improvements. Um, the, what we're going to listen to today is an adaptation of a screen, uh, by the Screen Guild Theater of the second of the three movies, uh, Whistling in Dixie. Uh, the original air date on this one is May the 17th of 1943. So let's go ahead and take a listen. <laughs> Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. The Screen Guild play tonight, Whistling in Dixie. The starring players... This is Red Skelton. This is Claire Trevor. And this is Virginia Gray. Tonight, Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild players in Whistling in Dixie, starring Red Skelton as Wally Benton, Claire Trevor as Carol Lambert, and Virginia Gray as Ella May Lee. It's the story of the radio detective, The Fox. The Fox is on the air. There's a skunk in the audience, too.
Well, that's Wally Benton, who was known to millions of radio listeners as the Fox. A super detective combining all the best features of Sherlock Holmes and Superman. His eagle eyes can detect a flea on a black cat in a dark room. His fox-like ears can pick up the sound of a feather falling in a pail of mud a block away. Well, don't forget the most important thing. I can smell for miles. Uh, and so his listeners believe him to be the greatest, bravest detective who ever lived. When Mrs. Hortense Phipps lost her pearls in a bowl of tapioca, who found them? Oh, the fox! Who found a Republican in the state of Alabama? Oh, the fox! Who found Hedy Lamar at the corner of Hollywood and Vine? That ain't no fox. That, then, was Wally Benton, the fox, the radio detective who was the hero of millions. On the night our story began, the fox, I mean Wally, had just finished solving a horrible crime on his radio program and was resting in his dressing room when Carol Lambert, his fiancée, called for him. Oh, Wally, you were wonderful tonight. I was? Oh, simply superb. The way you solve those mysteries on the radio is phenomenal. Everyone says you're the greatest detective who ever lived. Then why does the FBI say I'm a jerk? <laughs> you know, I'm getting tired of these simple cases. All I've done for the last 13 weeks is find missing babies, babies, babies. Gee, I need a change, too. <laughs> you know, if I could find a real mysterious case to work on, something I could sink my teeth into... You know, I'd give up my radio program. You mean you'd give up your radio show? Yeah. You, the fox? Certainly. What do I get out of my radio program? Nothing but a measly 5000 a week. <laughs> what am I going to do with that many cigarettes? <laughs> oh, Ollie, I'm so glad you feel that way. Yeah. Now I can wire Ella May that we'll be down tomorrow. Okay, you wire Ellie May. Mm -hmm. We'll be down where tomorrow? Fort Dixon, Georgia, where the murder was committed. Murder? What murder? Ella May Lee's boyfriend, the one you said you'd give up your radio program to solve. Well, just a minute, Carol. I'm, I'm a little confused. <laughs> Had to shake my head to clear it a little. <laughs> now, will you please tell me uh, what you're talking about? Well, you see, Wally, I got a wire from Ella May Lee this afternoon begging me to fly down to her home in Dixon, Georgia yeah. tomorrow and bring you with me. Well, who's Ellie May? Do I know her? Well, I don't think so, but she knows you. Oh. At least she knows your terrific reputation as the fox. And she feels that you're the one person who can find the man who murdered her boyfriend. You mean she wants me to come down there and look for a real-life murderer? Yes, immediately. If we don't get there tomorrow, Ella May might be a victim. But, Carol, I don't like murder cases. Somebody always getting killed, I... <laughs> Why, Wally Benton, you're not afraid. I'm not? Of course not. The man I love doesn't know the meaning of the word timid. He doesn't? The man I love doesn't know the meaning of the word coward. He doesn't? The man I love doesn't even know the meaning of the word fear. Boy, is he stupid. <laughs> but, Wally, you're the man I love. Oh, well, that's different then. I know. All right, Wally Benton, are you going to Fort Dixon with me to solve this murder? Or must I wire Ella May that the fox is a spineless jellyfish? Now, just a second, Carol. That's not fair. In the Bishop murder case, didn't I get the Bishop? Yes. And in the Benson murder case, didn't I get Benson? That's true. What happened in the Canary murder case? You got the bird. Uh... <laughs> yes. And that's exactly what you'll get if you don't come with me to Fort Dixon and solve this murder. Oh, all right, I'll go. I only hope I live to regret this. <laughs> Well, 
Chloe, this is Ella May Lee. Oh. Ella May, Wally Benton, the fox. I'm so happy to meet you, Mr. Benton. Well, I'm certainly happy to meet a gal with a nice, slow, southern drawl. Shauna? Sure, when you ask them for a kiss, by the time they say no, it's too late. <laughs> Wally, this is no time for foolishness. Oh. Ella May asked us to come down here to solve a murder, remember. And I'm just positive you find the man who murdered Martin. Yeah? Well, I think you're the cleverest man who ever lived. Oh, you're just saying that because I resemble Orson Welles. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps this would be a good time for you to tell us all you know about this murder, Ella May. Well, Martin Gordon, he was my sweetheart, was down here writing a history of Fort Dixon. The town? No, the old ruined fort. It was between the states. Martin was killed in the courtyard of the old fort at midnight, night before last. Well, what was he doing there at midnight? Well, he told me he was going out there to look for something in the ruins. He wouldn't tell me what it was, because he said it might be dangerous for me if I knew anything about it. Oh, then somebody else knew what Gordon was there after. Hey, that gives, the, gives us a motive for the murder. You know, nobody shot him just for target practice, you Oh, know. Wally, you make the most amazing deductions. Yeah, you know, Morgenthau told me that when he saw my income tax. <laughs> Well, let's go on out to the old fort. Oh, no, no. It's almost midnight. You know, there's no sense going down there now. <laughs> let's wait till in the morning, huh? Oh, no. No, Martin's ghost came to my room last night. He did? Did he take you in his arms? No. Did he kiss you? No. Did he... He's dead, all right. <laughs> he commanded me to go to the fort at midnight. I thought it was a dream, so I took some of my medicine, but I couldn't sleep. So I took some more medicine. Well, did you go to sleep then? No. Every time I'd shut my eyes, I'd see Martin climbing up the walls and walking along the ceiling. Oh. You know what I think? I think you better lay off that medicine. <laughs> Wally, murder is no joking matter. By the way, Ella May, does anyone know that Wally's working on this case? Only the sheriff and the district attorney. But they said you were just a radio detective who couldn't find a skunk in a telephone booth. Oh, that's a lie. This ain't cologne you're smelling, you know. <laughs> If we don't hurry, it'll be after midnight before we get to the fort. Come on, let's go. Okay. That's the main building of the old fort just ahead. <gasps> Look. What? There are two vultures sitting on a bale of hay. They're probably drawing straws to see who gets me. That's silly, Wally. They don't even know you. This is a fine place your boyfriend picks to work in. Boy, it's pitch black. Hey, what was he, a glowworm? I told you he was writing a history of this fort. Well, didn't it make him nervous to have ghosts looking over his shoulder? Huh? No. He had his office two levels below the ground. Now, watch your step. Some of these old stairs are apt to crumble. Oh! <laughs> now she tells me. <laughs> What's that? I just opened the door leading downstairs, silly. See? Boy, it's dark in here. It looks like the inside of an eight ball. Gee, Wally, I I'm afraid. Oh, now everything's okay. Just to show you that everything's all right, I'll let you girls go first. <laughs> no, Wally, you go first. What, have somebody to grab you behind? No, sir, boy. Well, suppose somebody grabs you. <laughs> rather embarrassing when you leave out words. <laughs> Wally. Wally, su suppose somebody grabs you. Well, uh, I'd better go first. <laughs> hey, you better let me have that flashlight. Uh, come on, stay real close to me, will you? 
Boy, is it dark in here. All I can see is the handwriting on the wall. Really? Yeah, and it says, Wally Benton's a dead duck. Wally, don't be a coward. Oh, who's a coward? I'm as brave as they go. I'm going. Shh. What's that? Listen. Huh? That sounds like someone is digging. Probably my grave. What's that funny noise? There's somebody else in here. There's nobody else in here, Wally. No? There's nothing in this room except that old grandfather clock. Ah! What was that? 12.30, let's go. We can't go, Wally. We have to find out who's doing the digging in the next room. They may be the murderers. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. But, Wally, we can't leave now. We have to investigate. What do you want, blood? Ah! Oh! Gosh, what do we do now? We get out of here, but fast. No, no, Wally, listen. The digging stopped. Whoever fired at us is gone. Well, now, this is no time for us to get stubborn. Let's chase them, huh? The sound of the digging came from the next room. We may find the solution to the murder right there. Yeah, which way? To the right. Good, let's go left. <laughs> now, Wally, stop clowning. Let's go in here. Well, all right. This is Martin's office. Yeah. Wait a second till I turn on the light. <gasps> Look, there's where they were digging. It looks like a grave. A grave? And here are all of Martin's papers. Let's see them. Let's see them. Well, there's nothing here that I can see. Just notes the history of the fort. Stick him up! Stick him <gasps> up! Who's that? Who? Mom! Well, if you make a false move, I'll blow the brains clean out of your moth-eating scalps. Should be a good shot. Now, turn around. Turn around. Let's get a squint at you. What? Corporal Lucan! Ellie May. What was all the shooting I heard? Yeah, that's what we'd like to know. Well, you'll all get a chance to explain yourself to the sheriff. His office is getting him on that uh, shortwave dingus now. Well, do we have to keep our hands up until he gets here? You sure do. Okay. Now, Corporal, is that the way to treat women? Well, I guess you and the other lady can put your hands down. Oh. What about poor little me? You shut up. Okay. <laughs> you wouldn't talk to me like that if I were a woman, brother. <laughs> do you mind if we keep going through Martin Gordon's papers, Corporal? No, I guess not, so long as the feller keeps his hands up Oh, he will, and I'll show the papers to him Here, Wally Well, there's nothing there, nothing there no Wait, why's he got that one circled? Let's see that April the 8th, 1864 To His Excellency Governor Clyde Lee Why, that was to my grandfather From HVW, instructions carried out For further details, consult Colonel Longfellow 95th Infantry. Huh. No wonder we lost the Galdern War. Counting on the 95th Infantry when there was only 67 infantry regiments in the whole Georgia militia. Well, I guess that explains the circle. Say, say, what's going on in here? Sheriff Stagg, we're certainly glad to see you. Now, what's this all about, LMA? Well, somebody mistook us for a couple of clay pigeons. That's right, Sheriff. He uh, took a couple of shots at us and then got away in the dark. Yeah, if you ask me, Sheriff, whoever shot at us knows something about Gordon's murder. Well, do you suspect anyone, Mr. Benton? I certainly do. Who? Well, I'm sorry, Sheriff. You see, I can't tell you. The fox always works alone. Well, be very careful. And, Mr. Benton, if I were you, I'd go back up north and leave us to solve our own crimes. Yeah. It might be very dangerous if you stayed. That's pretty good advice. I think I'll take it, Sheriff. Oh, no, you won't, Wally. Because if you don't leave, you're very apt to stay here as a corpse. I wonder what Dick Tracy would do in a spot like that. <laughs> And so the curtain falls on the first act of Whistling in Dixie, starring Virginia Gray, Claire Trevor, and Red Skelton. Before we hear act two, 
A word from our hostess, Lady Esther. I'd like to tell you about a woman I know. She'd always seemed just about perfect, charming and lovely. I hadn't seen her for some time, and one day I happened to meet her at a luncheon. Somehow she looked different, sort of colorless, a little drab. All the life seemed to have gone out of her skin. Why, if I hadn't known she was only 30, I would have guessed her to be at least 40. I soon discovered what was wrong. She was using a new kind of heavy, plaster-like makeup that gave her skin an artificial look. I didn't say anything. I couldn't very well. But I knew that sooner or later she would discover her mistake, that the powder she was using was making her skin look a little coarse, a little hard, older. I hope you aren't using a powder that coats the lovely texture of your skin and gives it that mask-like effect. The beauty of Lady Esther face powder is that it adds no visible coating, no dry, flaky particles that make the skin look older. Lady Esther face powder goes on your skin like a beautiful film, hiding little lines and blemishes, giving your skin that youthful, translucent look men so admire. You will also find that the texture of Lady Esther face powder is unusual, because my powder isn't just mixed, just sifted. No, it's blown with the speed and fury of hurricanes. Color and powder particles blended with terrific force. The result is such a smooth, perfect marriage of color and powder that the shades seem more alive. The very first application of Lady Esther face powder should show you why more beautiful women use Lady Esther face powder than any other kind. Now the curtain rises on the second act of Whistling in Dixie, starring Red Skelton as Wally Benton, the radio detective known as the Fox, Claire Trevor as Wally's fiancée, Carol Lambert, and Virginia Gray as Ella May Lee, whose sweetheart was murdered. When the sheriff rescued the fox and his two companions, Carol Lambert and Ella May Lee, from Corporal Lucan, he warned the fox to forget the murder of Ella May's boyfriend, Martin Gordon. Naturally, the fox, I mean Wally, refused to forget the crime. He kept thinking about it, and the more he thought about it, the more anxious he was to get out of Fort Dixon, Georgia. But Carol made him stay. As the curtain rises, Wally, Carol, and Ella May have returned to Ella May's house. Look, I tell you, Carol, we're going to go back home. We haven't learned anything. Except the sheriff thinks I'm a jerk. He must be in the FBI, too. Yeah. <laughs> you must have found some clue, Wally. Well, we haven't. You were with me. Did you see anything that might help us find Gordon's murder? No, not really. Maybe you've overlooked something, Wally. The sheriff told me that he had a lot of clues. Yeah? What does the sheriff know about it? He's no detective. Oh, you know. yes, he is. He told me he'd been picking up a lot of things. Well, so have I, but they're all married. I meant clues. The sheriff's picked up a whole box of cigar butts. I guess that makes him a detective. No, I'd say it made him a bum. Well, you have to think of something, Wally. Well, I am thinking. Well, here comes a thought now. Nope, wrong thought. Lana Turner again. <laughs> say, uh, maybe I've got a clue, girls. What is it? I'm thinking I'm a genius. Hey, Ella May, where's your library? Next room, why? Have you got a book of Longfellow's poems? Well, I'm sure we have. Well, lead me to it, will you? Come on, come on, hurry. A Longfellow, Longfellow. 
Longfellow, here it is. What is it, Wally? Shh! I was right. About what? I am a genius. Oh. That note we found among Gordon's papers was in code. Look, Colonel Longfellow wasn't Colonel Longfellow, and the 95th Infantry wasn't the 95th Infantry. Colonel Longfellow was mentioned was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, and the 95th Infantry meant the 95th page. Huh? Here it is. It's a poem called The Arsenal of Springfield. Look, some of the words are underlined here. Arsenal floor, sound will rise. You get it? No. There's something in the floor at the arsenal. Must be the arsenal at the fort. Hey, that's what that digging was for. Oh. Why, Wally. <gasps> You're terrific. Oh. We better call the sheriff. The number's Dixon 3400. Yeah. Hello? Hello, sheriff. Yeah, who's that? Whoop, the fox. <laughs> <laughs> I've come across a hot clue on the Gordon case. There's something buried at the fort. What is it? I don't know, but they killed Gordon for it. it must have been a pie or a nylon stockings or something. <laughs> Look, pick us up at the, uh, the Lee home, see? I'll tell you all about it. I'm too excited. I'll be right over to get you, and we'll go out to the fort together. Well, this is the old fort's arsenal. I can't imagine anybody bearing anything way down here. Well, just the same. The book said the arsenal floor. Sound will rise. Just a matter of pounding until we hit the right spot that echoes. Now, listen. Maybe we should have brought a xylophone player along, huh? <laughs> Either that's empty or I've hit a termite with a hollow head. Guy Lombardo. <laughs> this is it, Sheriff. Come on, get those crowbars working. Uh, Here she comes, Sheriff. Now, lift a little more. Uh, Hold it up with your crowbar, and I'll pull it over this side. Well, look. There's a trunk buried there. Boy, what a broadcast this is going to make, Carol. Here, lend me a hand, Sheriff. Look at that. What a haul. Millions of dollars. Oh, Wally, look at all that gold. That must have been what Martin found. Oh, boy, this ain't Fort Dixon. This is Fort Knox. Look at all these old English gold pieces. 1846, 1858, 1863. What are you going to do about it? I don't know. I'm flabbergasted. You are? Yeah. Feel my flabber. It's all gasted. <laughs> oh, but Wally. <laughs> Wally. The sheriff's just trying to frighten us. Yeah, he's got me convinced, all right. Listen, you. I'm too far in this to let anyone stand in between me and that money. Oh, with the present taxes, what would you get out of it? <laughs> if you go through with this sheriff, they'll hang you. There's more chances of them hanging me if I don't. Now, look, Sheriff, we, we won't tell anybody about it. Honest, we won't. I gotta make sure of it. Wally, do something. I think I do it. <laughs> Wally. <laughs> Wally, don't take a chance. Well, we've got to do something. Sheriff, here I come. Oh, you. oh be careful, Wally. Duck. Don't stand around giving me advice. Get that gun. I, I've got 
got it, Wally. Now, Sheriff, you stick him up. I'll kill you for this, Benton. Not while I'm holding this gun. Somebody better go phone the district attorney. You can't do this to me, Benton. The DA will try to railroad me for oh, politics. Oh, afraid of him, huh? He's out to get me. He hates me. Why, that old meanie. Now, how could he hate a lovable character like you? Prune face. <laughs> go on, somebody get the district attorney, quick. I'll go get him, Wally. Yeah, well, don't take too long. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> Right this way, Mr. Bailey. Wally, this is Mr. Bailey, the district attorney. Oh, brother, am I glad to see you. Well, shut my mouth. Does anyone else know about this, Benton? No, not a soul, not a soul. Well, shut my mouth. <laughs> Dixon County owes you a great debt, Mr. Benton. Well, it's really nothing. <laughs> well, shut my mouth. <laughs> you better give me that gun, sir. Yes, sir. Now you shut your mouth. Great <laughs> going, Bailey. I thought you'd never get here. Hey, what kind of a town is this? The sheriff's a crook, the district attorney's a crook. What does the mayor do, run a black market? No, he just smuggles in Hershey bars. <laughs> Mr. Benton, this is a town where meddlers should carry heavy life insurance. All right, I'll take out a policy if you got one with you. Matter of fact, I have. What kind of a policy have you got in mind? A 20-year endowment. Oh, that wouldn't do you no good. No? Why, Why no, you wouldn't live long enough to collect it. How about a four-minute straight life? Bailey, forget your insurance business. We have to get these people here out of the way. Well, I'm just trying to sell him something to cover the cost of burial. You don't want the county to have to pay for it, do you? No, of course not, Sheriff. Where's your public spirit? Why, certainly, Sheriff. Now, if you'll just sign on the dotted line, Mr. Benton. Okay. <laughs> That's fine, sir. That's fine. No. Now, where shall we send the body? To my draft board. <laughs> if it's still warm, it's in 1A. <laughs> Bailey, I've been a-thinking. If we shoot these here people, their bodies will be around hanging as uh, evidence against us. We can't turn them loose. Mm, of course not. We could put them in one of the powder cells and blow them up. Now, wait a minute. You can't use gunpowder to blow us up. Why not? You haven't got a priority. Now, look, we've stalled long enough, Benton. You and Ella May and Miss Lambert start walking toward that there door. Say, could I whisper a last few words to Miss Lambert? No. Oh, let them talk, Chef. Let them talk. Well, I she... got a gun on them. They can't get away. Well, all right. But don't spend too much time. Thanks a lot, District Attorney. Come over here. Carol, I want to whisper my last goodbye to you. Oh, Wally. Wally, darling. I'm so sorry I got you into this mess. Oh, don't cry. You're putting out my cigarette. <laughs> don't worry about it now. I've got an idea. When we walk over to that door, you yell and pretend that you fainted. Pretend I faint? Well, what are you going to do? Never mind. Just faint. Well, how's that going to help us? When they come over to look at me, well, I'll kick the gun out of the DA's hand. You grab it. Okay. Well, gee, I uh, hope it works. It will. I did it on my radio program. What happened? Didn't work. <laughs> but we got to take a chance. Well, all right, if you say so. We're ready now, Mr. District Attorney. Okay. You go first, Benton. Well, now, that's mighty neighborly of you. <laughs> what was that? Carol fainted. No! What was that? Wally fainted. Oh! What was that? Wally bounced. <laughs> Bailey? <laughs> Bailey, give me a hand with Benton. Yes, sir, sure. We don't need to worry about these two girls. Now, you take his feet and I'll take his head. We'll carry him into the powder cell. Put your gun in your pocket. No, sir, I'm taking no chances. Come on now. Look out, Bailey, he's a kicker. Look out! Here. Here. Oh! <laughs> McGee to open the closet. 
not very logical, but it's noisy, isn't it? <laughs> did you get the gun, Carol? Yes, Wally. Wally, did you get hurt when the gun went off? No, I'm all right. It'll be fun learning to use my right foot again. Why? <laughs> Give me the gun, will you? What happened to your foot? Huh? I've got an open-toed toe now. <laughs> Give me the gun. Now you two are going to jail. Wally, now that you've captured the sheriff and the district attorney, let's go somewhere and relax. All right. Uh, where would you like to go? Let's see. Uh, let's go to the movies and see Red Skelton and Whistling and Dixie. You know, I think that'd be a pretty good idea. I'm anxious to see how this thing came out. <laughs> Thank you, Red Skelton, Claire Trevor, and Virginia Gray for appearing tonight in the Lady Esther Screen Guild Players' presentation of Metro-Golden-Mayer's mystery, Whistling in Dixie. We hope you'll be back with us soon. Well, thank you, Mr. Bradley. We'd like to. The Motion Picture Relief Fund, which benefits from these programs, is very important to all of us in the industry. And we all know what wonderful work it performs. Now, before you hear about next week's program, here's a word from one of America's best-known beauty authorities... Lady Esther. Thank you, Miss Trevor. Now that spring is here, when everything is waking to new life, to new beauty, wouldn't you like to discover an exciting new freshness in your own appearance? You can, so easily. Just wake up your skin, make it look vivid and alive by changing to one of the new shades of Lady Esther face powder. You may ask, how can a shade of face powder alone make a change, a thrilling change in my appearance? How can a shade of face powder alone wake up my skin, bring a youthful springtime look, a new freshness to the skin? Well, just remember this. The shades of Lady Esther face powder are not ordinary shades. They're different shades because they're made differently by a process so unique that our government has granted an exclusive patent on it, my twin hurricane patent. That's why lovely women, thousands of them, say that while many kinds of face powder have a Rochelle shade, Lady Esther's is a living Rochelle. And while other powders have a brunette shade, Lady Esther's is a living brunette shade. Now, I'd like you to see this for yourself. Try Lady Esther face powder, the shade you prefer, of course, and see how it flatters your skin, see how it seems to wake up your skin with the loveliness of spring. Yes, if you want to see your skin take on an appearance of new freshness, just try the exciting change to Lady Esther face powder. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present the finest mystery drama of the season, Shadow of a Doubt, starring Deanna Durbin and Joseph Cotton. Be sure to listen. Red Skelton can soon be seen in the Metro-Golden-Mayer picture, DuBarry Was a Lady. Virginia Gray can soon be seen in the 20th Century Fox production, Sweet Rosie O'Grady. Claire Trevor is currently playing in The Gunmaster, a Harry Sherman production to be released by United Artists. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. To save materials, buy the larger size of Lady Esther face cream. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther, saying thank you 
And good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. This is Andrew from otrwesterns.com. I wanted to invite you to come take a look at our site. We stream live OTR Westerns 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, along with putting out podcasts of old-time radio westerns. Check us out at otrwesterns.com. You're listening to The Great Detectives of Old-Time Radio with Adam Graham. Now let's get back into the show. Welcome back. Well, there are certainly many uh, features, and there are probably a few lines directly from Whistling and Dixie, but having seen the film, uh, there are many key differences and a lot that does get cut in the entire length of this plot. Uh, there was an entire twin subplot with uh, Rags Raglan, for example, that uh, didn't actually make it anywhere near the radio adaptation. And the plot here is greatly condensed and much of the dialogue is quite a bit different from the film. Not to say that it's bad, it's just different. But this does give you a nice taste of what the series is and what it's about. And if you did like what you hear, I would encourage you to pick up the uh, Whistling series. It's available uh, from uh, Warner Archive, and it's sold through Amazon.com. It's a very fun series. Um, I'd prefer the first two films over the third, uh, Whistling in Brooklyn. But this one is a great story, and it's always interesting. It does seem like uh, comedians do tend to... Uh, and Bob Hope does the, same, uh, does the same thing when you listen to his uh, movie adaptation. He often uh, improvises quite a bit. All right, well, that will do it for today. I do want to uh, thank everyone so much for your support, and I do encourage you to cast your vote for the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio at podcastawards.com. We're in the entertainment category, and you can vote for the show every single day. And that will do it for today. Coming up tomorrow, Michael Shane. And then Wednesday, we get started with Richard Diamond. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.